0: creeps and welcome to the first episode of the epic film guys podcast of 2024 we hope you all had a happy new year i'm justin
1: i am jeremy and i keep writing 2023 on everything i need a date on i need to get with it we're in 2024 baby
2: let's go and i'm be ready yes (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why i said it like that (laughs) Glad to
0: ha- Where's your enthusiasm? We're, we're glad to have you here, Brady. I left it in 2023. I mean, we're in a new year. Uh, you were actually, you know, we got to see you for... Yeah, we had some holiday wings. Holiday season. Had, had some, some wings. wings. Yo, those wings
1: Shit. are so good. Like, I dream about them now.
0: Well, it seems like you forgot how good they were, because we've been there before, Jerry. I know, dude. Those
1: mozzarella sticks were pretty bro, good. Bro, those two? Like, uh, this time... Man, I was like, oh, fuck, this food is unbelievable, man. And I won't forget that again, because I did forget. But I won't forget
0: again. It's been a couple years. its I think the last time we all got together, and ladies and gentlemen, we've talked about this location on the show before. It's Jimmy's Old Town Tavern in Herndon, Virginia, uh, right down the street from where I used to live uh, just a year and a half ago. It um, used to be me and Brady's weekly spot where we went and had some drinks and ate some wings and talked movie talk and shit and this was before he was on the show we were just pals and all that stuff but yeah we got together there it was fucking fun uh had some awesome wings and you probably saw on our social media we posted a photograph behind the bar it was not our idea at all to to hold the booze but gizmo the bartender was like what the fuck he was like might as well
2: lift up the bottles or some shit. I don't even. Dude, remember. the funniest. He was like, "Go on back behind the bar." We were like, oh, "What?" We thought he was gonna go behind the bar and take the picture of us, and he's like, "No, get back there, man." We we're
1: like, "Oh, okay." The funny, the funniest shit is that. Uh, so I don't drink, and so I ordered a, a soda water with a lime, and I like I looked over right at he had as he had gotten done with it, and I could see like wheels turning in his head. He was like. I don't know if I put vodka in this, man. And I was like, (laughs) okay, that's cool, man. And he was like, are you, like, super sober? I was like, I mean, dude, I'm not gonna, like, take a a sip of it and if there's vodka in it, like, go on a bender or anything like that, bro. If there's vodka in it, like, I'll just give it back to you um, for you to make me just, like, a regular soda water. And he was like... So he, like, still, he tested it himself. He's like, nah, man, there's no vodka in there. I'm like, all right, cool. And then... Next thing I know, we're behind the bar right after he had said, like, are you super sober? And I was like, well, I mean, I don't drink alcohol. Next thing he's like, pick up a bottle, man, for the picture. And I'm like, cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, all right, let's
1: you let's let's do that, I
2: guess. You went from, uh, I think there might be vodka in your glass to
1: pick up that bottle of vodka and hold <laughs> it for a picture. <laughs> Dude, I laughed about that later. I was like, that's actually kind of funny. That's really funny.
0: Yeah, I mean, n- next thing you know, had we stayed a little bit longer, we, we would have been fucking slinging drinks at <laughs> yeah. that bitch, though. There wasn't really anyone there except for, you know, there was that old
2: lady that was hitting on Brady. But Yeah, you know. she was feeling my arm up real heavy. Oh she was my like, God. I like this tattoo, and I like this tattoo. And then you guys are fucking sitting there. I'm basically You're on, on, your on own, my own. Bro. You guys you could know have you, reached no, over. No, hell no. And like, hey, man. Absolutely not. Uh, Brady, why don't you gotta we gotta we go here or something? No. No, nope. no. she's feeling my arm up. She's like, I like this one. And then she was like you got any more tattoos? I said, yeah, I got some on my leg. And she said, well, I don't want to <laughs> ask you to pull your pants down. Bro. <laughs> so, okay. Oh, she okay.
0: She wanted to see your leg.
1: Listen, man. Listen. You know, me and Justin have both been there in our lives where we get cornered by an older lady that's kind of drunk that won't leave us mm-hmm. alone. And it was just your time to have to go through that. No,
2: I've had my time. You know where my time was? My 21st birthday. There's a bar in Fredericksburg called Spirits and it's three levels. And... The top level is like really dark. There's a DJ up there. It's open till like two or three in the morning. Uh, but you go up there and you don't realize it it's dark, nobody's on the dance floor, and all of a sudden it's like these sirens, but they're like seventy years old. They come out of the shadows and they're trying to dance with you and pull you into the dance floor. <laughs> yeah. So that was my time when I'm I walked up there years ago and got pulled onto the dance floor and it was uh not I'm not going to lie to you. This was fine. I mean, she, she was nice.
1: But... I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Me and Justin were like, oh, this is amazing.
2: Like, the, this lady oh, was, yeah, like, groping I I your gross. arm. I was like, ah. I think she was about to start. We were like, loving the, the shit out, out of it. My it. Arm. Yeah. But
0: yeah, ladies nice. and gentlemen, enough of, you know, Bar talk. old ladies attempting to fornicate with B-ratty. It's 2024, so that means it's time to talk about what's coming out and what we're excited for for the year, and that's going to be our top five most anticipated horror movies of the year. Super fucking excited about this. I know we talked about it on our Best Horror Movies of 2023 episode that we felt like it wasn't as good of a year for the genre as the previous year. Uh, I'm excited about this year. I don't know about you guys. I think... Based on the list that I looked at earlier, there's enough there to keep me going throughout the year. Um, but we might as well get started with our list and be ready. <coughs> you are all, as always, first up with your number five.
2: Yeah. Wow. What a what a what an honor to be the first person to talk about a movie that we're excited about. Um, so yeah, like you were saying, you know, let's like, go
0: by age, asshole. You know, we go by age. Okay. Listen, it's not, this is not like your special old. type. You know. All right. Um. Okay. Well.
2: Anyways, like I was saying, uh, yeah, I mean, I just at a glance, I was I figured 2024 was going to be better than 2023, um, but really deep diving into to what to expect. Yeah, it's it's looking like it could be a really fucking good year for for movies. Um, so bringing that to my list, my number five is a movie called Blackouts by Larry Fessenden. Have either of you heard anything about this? No, but
1: I I do I do love me some Larry Fessenden.
2: So yeah, I, uh, I saw the name have have not looked much into it. Yeah, so it's a werewolf movie. Oh shit! Um, that follows a tortured artist named Charlie, played by Alex Hurt, who's drinking binges blur with his sneaking suspicion that he is a werewolf. Uh, so he begins to distance himself from those he loves, sinking deeper into <clears throat> solitude. All the while, his artwork begins to show memories of his nightmare or nighttime grisly acts. Um, And then, you know, for those who aren't familiar with Fessenden, this, you know, he's, you know, big time veteran of indie, indie horror films. Um, But this is going to be the third of his monster movies. So he made a film called Habit, which was about vampires and then Depraved, which was about Frankenstein that had a really interesting like soldier PTSD uh, spin to it. Um, but it, it continues this theme of critiquing the monster inside of all people. Um, and then for those of who still don't know Fessenden, he is the founder and CEO of Glass Eye Picks, which is the production company that produced tons of films. But most notably, probably on this podcast, are the, the Ty West's first four films. Um, I'm excited for it. You know, I'm, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of werewolf movies. Always have been. Um, and i i think he's definitely got the eye to kind of understand that duality that comes with a werewolf tale of that lost control coupled with the regretfulness um and i'm excited because I, I don't know if you guys have seen depraved um but some really good fucking practical effects so excited for uh my number five is blackout
0: awesome
1: nice i have a feeling Fantastic. i have a feeling that that won't be the last time in this episode that a werewolf movie gets mentioned. I'll just say that.
0: Oh yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Pretty, probably not there. Yeah. All right, Jeremy. Jeremy. Yeah, man, you're up with your number five.
1: Maxine, dude. Mm. The follow-up to your number, man, number, five. number five. Ooh, five. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Ooh, so, uh, dude, okay. I've got some movies I'm looking forward to this year. And, uh, I really enjoyed X, really enjoyed Pearl, so I'm excited to see this third installment. Um, You know, the cast for this thing is kind of nuts. All the early reactions, like, listen, all you have to do to get me excited about a movie is compare it to Dario Argento, and then I'm on yep. board. Yep. And the early reviews is that it is a massive homage to Dario Argento's films, and it's, it's super bloody, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, so Maxine follows Maxine, who was the only survivor of the bloody incidents of X, as she continues her journey towards fame to be an actress in 1980s Los Angeles, so, right there alone, to the fact that it's the 80s, um, I feel like there's gonna be a lot of skeezy Hollywood shit going on in this movie, uh, and I'm really looking forward to it. Mia Goth has proven herself to be an absolute powerhouse. Um, so honestly, anything with Mia Goth in it moving forward is going to be something that I'm going to be anticipating. So I'm I'm really looking forward to this one.
2: Yeah, great pick, man. I just I fantastic. was wow, shocked that that was number five. Excited. Yeah. Well, we'll yeah. see.
0: We'll see where else he goes there with that. Oh, you know it's I mean?
2: definitely Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey
0: too. Uh, Oh yeah, that's yeah, number one c- on his list. Considering all of us saw that and we covered on the show last year, oh it's got, it's got, it's got to be, it's got to be. The I never King watched that Will's one slasher movie. It has to be. I never watched
1: that one <laughs> the poo bow shit.
0: Yeah, I didn't watch it either. Okay, and we do a show where we typically cover horror. It maybe eventually we I saw will, the Grinch but, one though. See that, the image. Yeah, the mean. We one. We saw the Grinch one. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, so, <laughs> uh, my number five comes from a horror veteran, you say the name, you know there's two iconic movies he's done uh, that are untouchable and probably considered modern classics. Uh, Fide Alvarez's untitled alien movie or Alien Romulus, which comes out August 16th, which is an alien movie that is set between the events of alien and aliens mm-hmm. uh we don't know much other than the cast uh it stars kaylee spaney from the craft legacy and pacific rim uprising uh did not like either of those movies but hey i'll i'll totally give her a shot uh all things considered the one thing we know from uh alvarez is that when he chooses his cast members he utilizes them perfectly uh but here i mean again uh, we haven't seen a scary alien movie. I mean, I would dare say personally, even though Alien Three, the assembly cut, is what it is. But a scary alien movie since Aliens. Okay, uh, you know the first Alien is one of the most terrifying movies ever made. You know, followed you know following Jaws in the footsteps of Jaws, uh, but. I mean, I hated Covenant. Like, I hated Covenant. Really? I like Prometheus for what it was. Yeah, I think Covenant's one of the worst pieces of shit I've ever seen. Wow. Yeah, especially considering who it's directed by. I like Covenant, uh, man. Yeah. I don't. I don't I,
1: love Covenant, but I. I like. I like Covenant.
0: Yeah, I hated it. Absolutely I it. hated it. Him trying to make an alien movie after he totally wanted to go a different direction with Prometheus, and the studio's like, "Well, why don't you push?" this more in that direction and then he was like i'm gonna do that and then you know it's the first alien movie where we saw no practical guy in a suit for a xenomorph. know you see out in the broad daylight it's not scary at all and what he's doing technically is just remaking the f- scenes from alien in a new movie and they were not effective at all in, in the least bit so yeah I-, I did not care for the last few alien movies and i loathe the avp movies so i just again i trust in Fede alvarez and really hope that what he brings to the table is going to be terror to the alien franchise once again again we know from prey you give a great director a franchise let them do something original with it and we might come out with a new modern classic movie or at least something that audiences are going to all enjoy so for me it is the new alien
2: movie nice dude great pick number five uh number four for me is the strangers chapter one uh and i'm so 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 excited that we're getting a um i don't know if you want to call it a reboot or what whatever you want to call it but of the strangers with three more films well
0: Uh, technically it's just based on the first movie right that's just
2: what it's what I read is just, it's, uh, it's based like, on it but it's not loosely based on a similar in continuation plot. in any way yeah so I absolutely loved both 20- 2008's The Strangers 2018's Strangers Pray at Night uh, so when this was announced that we we're getting three more movies by Rennie Harlan I definitely found a lot of joy in that news <clears throat> uh, so the plot of chapter one is said to be similar like Justin said to the original uh, it's gonna feature a girl named Maya played by Madeline Pesh, who travels to the Pacific Northwest with her boyfriend Ryan to begin a new life but on the way their car breaks down in V Oregon, And they are forced to spend the night in an isolated Airbnb as three masked killers descend on them to wreak havoc. Um, Like I said, Rennie Harlan is attached to all three films, which is very exciting. Uh, And the two sequels are actually reported to have been filmed concurrently with Chapter One already. Uh, And the overall vision of the trilogy, um, Harlan said in a Deadline interview, was being an exploration of what happens to a person mentally and physically after being a victim of incredible violence. Um, so Trauma. he did say that the movies would <laughs> then go on to explain this time who the killers are and where they come from, and it's going to follow one central character through all three movies instead of how, you know, 2008 ended. Obviously, if you've seen that, spoiler alert, like you can't really follow anyone after that. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'm just really excited. I You know, we've talked about the two movies on this podcast. I think we've talked about Pray at Night more um, but it's such a terrifying concept and the imagery of those masks, just people appearing out of nowhere is fucking scary. And part of me worries a little bit, you know, that now that he's going to explain where the killers come from and why they're doing yeah. it. Um, yeah. I don't know how to feel about that because we've talked about like, you know, some of the appeal of, of the shape of Michael Myers is, you know, there is really no reasoning. It's just evil, right? So I, I, you kind of run into some some rough territory if you explain too much I away. Mean,
0: to be honest with you that's the reason why the whole first movie works is because right. because you were home. There's that's no reason. The only yeah. Reason. And and you know. I mean I get it you you can't do that concurrently and with a bunch of sequels and just do that to different families cuz it's literally the same fucking movie. So I mean you kind of have to do something if you're going to make a franchise out of something
2: with that premise. And he's also said, you know, he he hopes as every director does that the third movie is not the end of it. So he said that he's written the third movie and, and it's been made to uh create more questions than it answers. So hopefully it kinda of goes on from there. But yeah, number four, The Strangers, Chapter One. Nice. Nice.
1: The only reason Great pick, man. The only reason that I didn't put that on my list, uh is I'm apprehensive over the fact they're like that they're like, oh, it's kind of based on the first one. I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that because the first one was fantastic. Uh, dude, I loved, uh the second one, Pray at Night. I thought it was
0: fucking- Pray at Night's fantastic. Dude, it's the
1: best John Carpenter movie John Carpenter never directed. Like, it was fucking incredible. Um, So, when this one coming around, you know, rather than it being, like, just a pseudo-continuation, they're like, oh, it's kind of a soft reboot. And I'm like, God, why do we have to do that, man? I don't understand. We've got two stellar movies- why do you have to go back and fucking reboot it already? Like, I don't fucking get it, man. But we live in a time. I guess
0: technically, Jeremy, I mean, if you look at it this way, if they're not, ex- if, 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 technically, if they frame it in a certain way where it doesn't have to continue, but it still possibly could. Yeah. You know what I mean? If they just set it up in a way where it's like, so that's why I think it's, like it said in the description, it's like loosely based. So. Yeah. I think in your own mind, as long as it doesn't contradict itself in a way where it couldn't exist with those two other movies, then I guess fuck it. Yeah. Why not? You I know mean, what I mean? Like, we
1: live in a time where we'll, we'll have to see. there's a remake of Mean Girls coming out. And I'm like, yo, that's fucking crazy. We're <laughs> yeah. like, Weird. we're already getting a, a straight-up shot-for-shot remake of Mean Girls. Like, That's
2: fucking insane.
0: Well, it's a musical remake. but
2: yeah. I mean, come on, man. I guess Anyways. all I'd say about The Strangers, Chapter 1, is like, they said it's a loose reboot, but everything I've read about it so far, all that seems to be the same is the three Masked right, Killers, and right. that it's going to be two people stuck in a an Airbnb hotel overnight. I like the setup, but if you look at the the, yeah, if you look at the original one, they weren't in an Airbnb; they were in their house, or maybe they were. They were in a house yeah. after a wedding. Yeah, right? so I think that's really all they're basing it yeah. on. Yeah, well, but who knows? Yep. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm
1: still gonna check it out, and you know, like all things, I'm, I hope it's great. But uh, my number four is the seating which uh, is about a man Mm. who finds himself trapped in a desert canyon with a woman living off the grid who is captive to a pack of sadistic boys. So after I saw the trailer for this, I was like, yep, this is definitely my cup of tea, man. Um, Any horror movie that is people that are stranded in the middle of nowhere uh, in an impossible situation, that's that's my shit, man. Over the years, I've kind of learned, I'm like, alright, I like cult movies, <laughs> you know, movies that are about cults, and then it's like, alright, I also really fuck with movies where people are trapped in an awful situation, you know, Um, that goes to, like, remember the Cube movies from back in the day, yeah, it was like yeah, the precursor yeah. to Saw and shit like that, like, dude, movies like that where it's like, oh, these people are like just straight up trapped, like, that's my shit, man.
0: I mean, dude, this 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 straight up to me sounds like a newer version of The Hills Have Eyes. Yeah,
1: yeah it it, it so kind of it kind of,
0: I'm all it about kind of feels I'm like cool that,
1: that a little bit and I really dug the trailer. Um so immediately I was like, yeah, this this is something that that I'm excited about. So, my number 4 is The seating, and everybody should check out the trailer for it cuz it's rad.
2: Yeah, dude, it, I mean, just reading about it like they described the pack of boys as feral like that's just immediately feral. me. You do the way you said that I word just cool. grossed me out uh, too. Uh, like uh, you uh, said, it was uh, such uh, disdain uh. and disgust. <laughs> Farrell, <laughs> Feral.
1: Colin, yeah, F- great, Colin Farrell, Will Farrell, William Farrell, Farrell Williams.
0: Uh, <laughs> my, my uh, number four comes from another auteur of the genre. And it's going to be landing on motherfucking Christmas of this year. I'm talking about Robert Eggers' Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Might be a little bit low, but... I was a little surprised, yeah. You know, I at this point, we've seen a couple of stills. We've seen Willem Dafoe. Um, we've seen Nicholas Holt. We've seen an image where you see the silhouette of the vampire. We have yet to see the actual design. Uh, I know that a publication fucked up uh, about a month and a half ago and posted an old picture from one of the older interpretations and claimed that it was from the new movie. And then I, like, sent it to you guys and was like, yeah, 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 it looks like Bill. And I was like, that's not Bill. Yeah. (laughs) So I I actually corrected them once I realized I fucked up. And then they, like, fixed it. I think it was comingsoon.net or comicbook.com, one of those publications. But, I mean, everything I've seen from Robert Eggers... Uh, has always impressed me I look forward to every single thing that he does so I mean I mean just listen to the concept of Robert Eggers doing a Nosferatu movie just makes me salivate you know German expressionism and I think there's been a while it's been a while since we've seen an expressionist horror movie with the use of shadow and darkness Uh, and I think he's the perfect guy for the job absolutely fucking lutely um brady i don't know if it's on your list or not but i know for a fact that you're excited for this one.
2: Oh, so. very very excited i think it's a great pick um huge eggers fan so uh yeah i i will say too and just in the vein of like all this fake stuff going out it's so like <laughs> not upsetting but it's like exasperating because like i'm so excited just to see something real from this fucking movie and yeah. I know it's probably going to be a while before we do because it's you know, almost a whole year away. But God, every time something comes out, I have to like temper my expectations and be like, okay, this probably isn't real. And most of the time you can tell. But yeah, that three percent yeah. it was like, god damn it. I just want something from it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I loved The Witch. The Lighthouse was brilliant. And of course, you know, uh, the studio actually sent me to New York City in 2022 to see his film, The Northman. And that's also the first movie, the first time that Epic Film Guys received a pull quote in a trailer. So uh, who knows? Maybe luck will strike twice and I'll get a pull quote in a fucking trailer for Nosferatu. I'm very excited for it. He's a brilliant director. So there it is, my number four Ooh-hoo-hoo. Nosferatu top
2: three coming up Uh, we're already there top three has already been mentioned uh, but it is Ty West's Maxine Um, yeah I mean Jeremy hit it right on the head but we all loved X we all loved Pearl on here Uh, it's no surprise that this is landing on our list and I'm gonna assume maybe Justin's Uh, but you know you already wrapped it up taking place five years after the brutal massacre Maxine moved to LA to pursue dreams of becoming a famous actress where she stars in a slasher film it's the 80s and Hollywood's being terrorized by a serial killer who sets his sights on Maxine and starts picking off her her fa- friends and family one by one. Uh you know the it's an homage to Argento and the giallo subgenre, but it's also compared to Fulci's The New York Ripper. Like there's so much about this that just like I had no idea where West was going to go with this third film because, you know, X and Pearl are so vastly different in, in tone and style. Uh, and then just even the stills of this, the, the, the color palette and the visuals look so beautiful. Like I'm I'm ready for Ty West to tackle a film with this subject matter in the 80s because I love what he did with the 70s style. And, and I just think this is one that's going to blow me away. Um, so Maxine, number three, so excited for it. Great pick. So my number three, uh, as I mentioned
1: earlier, Brady, when, when you had brought up a werewolf film and I said that I would be bringing up a werewolf film, this is that werewolf film, man. My number
2: oh, shit. three
1: pick of my most anticipated horror films of 2024 is Year Two, which is directed by Steven C. Miller and it stars Frank Grillo. And the uh, plot is: two scientists try to stop a mutation that turns people into werewolves after being touched by a super, uh, by a super moon the year before. So, okay, Frank Grillo, werewolf movie, Steven C. Miller. So,
0: bro, dude, Lou Diamond Phillips too? Are you yeah, fucking kidding dude, me? It's,
1: it's insane. And I'm a huge, <laughs> oh, I'm a huge fan of Steven C. Miller. Um. He directed and came out the gate with Automaton Transfusion, which is one of the most batshit, crazy zombie movies ever, and he did this when I think he was like straight up out of high school, super young, in his hometown, and it was... The movie is still incredible. I love it. Um, you know, he has the Aggression Scale, which, if if you remember Becky that came out a couple years ago, realistically, the Aggression Scale... Was first and kind of did it first, and in my opinion, did it better. And he uh, he did the remake of Silent Night, Deadly Night with Silent Night that came out uh, in twenty twelve. So I'm a huge Steven C. Miller fan. He's gone on to direct like amazing action movies with Sylvester Stallone and and all types of, of you know A list actors. Um, and he he's an incredibly talented dude, and I'm beyond ecstatic and thankful. That he's going back to the horror genre, the genre that he started out in, because uh, the genre needs Stephen C. Miller. So I'm I'm really really pumped for this movie. And man, I feel like werewolf movies are like they're it's a super complex, difficult subgenre to tackle. And I just yeah feel like he's the one that's up for the assignment. And I think that year two is going to be a home run not only for horror, not only for Stephen C. Miller, but for the werewolf subgenre.
0: Jeremy, I I just looked up some information on this, and the photo of the practical werewolf looks fucking awesome. Uh, Apparently it's like the purge with werewolves, which sounds absolutely batshit crazy, which I'm totally in for. But man, that practical werewolf is like exactly... My kind of werewolf, like straight up dog soldiers. So I'm super pumped. Yeah, man,
1: I'm 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 really
0: excited. Shit, awesome pick, man. Um, my number three. I mean, this would be silly for me not to include this. I decided to include horror adjacent stuff. So like, you know, horror comedy. But dude, you know, I was on the set twice last year. I had to put on Tim Burton's Beetlejuice fucking two. Uh, which comes out September 6th of this year. We know that the original Beetlejuice isn't really considered all that scary of a movie, even though it is a horror comedy, Uh, but I will tell you this much. It was the first movie at the age of six that absolutely scared the shit out of me. Uh, The Beetle Snake on the railing, dude, I remember very vividly begging my parents to turn it off, and I had nightmares of that shit for, like, you know, six months or something. Dude,
1: those sandworms too, man. So, don't sleep on them sandworms, yeah. bro. Yeah,
0: sandworms, everything. I mean, you know, the, being on the set of this movie, if you're interested in my stories about that, we've got some Patreon specials uh, that are exclusive to that. But, you know, we don't know that much about the movie that I want to reveal. I know a little bit. I know a little bit too much. We know that Jenna Ortega plays Astrid, which it, um, plays... The daughter in the movie and, you know, she doesn't like uh, her mom's radio show and Beetlejuice gets involved. There's, you know, I, I, again, I, I'm sputtering here because I don't want to say anything or spoil anything for anyone because there were script leaks and I know a little bit, a little bit too much. But yes, Lydia's daughter there's some weddings you know beetlejuice gets involved technically he's not the villain i've been told and that there's another central villain to the story so uh, i just can't wait to see michael keaton back under the makeup we have yet to see an officially released photo you know not talking about that one that i got banned from social media for posting uh you know but (laughs) had to include that shit i mean I, i know it's on a lot of people's most anticipated list so I had to include it Tim Burton's my man got to meet him on the set and shit story for another time though
2: so number three Beetlejuice 2 that was also separate from the time that you got banned for saying that you were gonna spank me <laughs> remember that yes <laughs> yes yeah that was great You. it wasn't even you said you were gonna spank me you posted a gif of Foghorn Leghorn spanking somebody else and then Facebook said absolutely not
0: <laughs> you're out of here I mean, dude, why why is the GIF on there if they don't want it to be used? Come on,
2: that's that's anyway. very true. <laughs> anyway. You you
0: you probably did deserve a spanking. I don't know. Were you yeah. being naughty that day?
2: I, probably. I uh, I knew what was happening. It's called entrapment. You got <laughs> you got got. Uh, so my number two. Wow, we're getting down to it. Uh, already that's, there has also already been talked about, but it is Robert Eggers Nosferatu. Uh, again, can't say much about it. that Justin. Can't say more than Justin already did, but it's this, you know, listed as a gothic tale of obsession between a haunted young woman and the terrifying vampire infatuated with her, causing untold horror in its wake. Um, You know, I will go out on a limb here and say, you know, Eggers, the witch, Vitch, was not very scary to me, but it was unsettling. And that's how I always describe most of his films. It's like, I don't think that they're overtly scary, but I do have this immense feeling of just being unsettled and uncomfortable and they're just so goddamn beautiful too like the the cinematography the imagery the score it's all like firing on all cylinders and so even though we haven't gotten anything really descriptive from this film yet all of that is working in his favor and like just getting me excited for it like there's no way this movie cannot be beautiful there's no way it cannot be a tale told with with his expert craftsmanship right and and the cast is just absolutely stacked I, I mean you know, at this point I don't think anything that has Willem Dafoe in it is gonna be a bad movie you know <laughs> like
0: I, honestly the track record recently I mean yeah everything he's been in he's you in Beetlejuice he too as well We haven't talked about it on the show but yeah yeah he is I mean he was in poor things and he was fantastic in that and you and I both enjoyed that yeah uh so it's yeah I mean also dude Bill fucking Skarsgård I mean the guy really deserves the biggest and best roles I mean last year in John Wick chapter four which was in my top five movies of the the entire year. He played a fucking badass villain in that movie. I mean, he's just great in everything he does. And uh, from what we've heard, Brady, I'm sure you read that he fully transformed himself mm-hmm. in this role where he's like unrecognizable as a human. Which I love to hear that.
2: Yeah, no, it, I mean it's it's gonna be great. And you know when he really exploded on the scene as as Pennywise. Um, Incredible, but then he was also in Hulu's Castle Rock in the first season, and that was so good. And he's just, yeah, anything he touches, he's just great barbarian. You know, I just, I'm really excited to see this full transformation on screen uh, because based on the snippets and little sound bites we've gotten, it's it sounds like it's incredible. So number two, Nosferatu, I'm really fucking pissed. We gotta wait almost a year for it, but it is what it is.
0: Hopefully worth the wait. Hell yeah!
1: So uh, my number two is Beetlejuice too. Um, yeah, baby. Like like you, Justin. I I saw this movie super super young, and it definitely had the scary factor. But Beetlejuice was funny enough that you know I I was along for the ride, and and man, I I can remember collecting the action figures and watching the cartoon oh, yeah. show which you know we've talked about it a few times it's really wild that in the 90s they were like let's take really scary or violent or rated R adult movies and turn them into cartoons and uh RoboCop uh, dude Rambo <laughs> like I mean, that,
0: that was, dude there was the, the, i mean they made everything into cartoons Bill and Ted back to the future i mean literally everything had a fucking cartoon Bill and right. Ted had a cartoon Oh yeah yes they oh, yeah. did they had a serial too. Yeah, they had
1: action an action figure line from from the the <laughs> yep, cartoon and everything, yep. man. Um so yeah, like I dude, I, I've loved Beetlejuice my entire life. Uh, so you know, I have been along for the ride of Beetlejuice too, because I've always been a movie fanatic. So even when I was, you know, in ninth grade, you know, and and, and up or middle school and up you know i was going on upcominghorrormovies.com and and following you know movie websites like that and anytime somebody in an interview talked about you know beetlejuice 2 or even ghostbusters 3 right like that were in production development yeah, hell for
0: so long the old days dude
1: i mean i remember going on the ride for for ghostbusters 3 where it was it's happening it's called ghostbusters go to hell And it's where a portal opens up and hell is unleashed on earth. And I'm like, fuck yes, this is going to be amazing. And then, you know, you don't hear anything for fucking five months. Or in the case
0: of Beetlejuice, (laughs) Beetlejuice Goes goes Hawaiian. Goes Hawaiian, bro. That was an actual thing.
1: I listened to an entire (laughs) podcast on Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. Um, I'm sure you guys are familiar with uh, the Best Movies Never Made podcast. Yeah. Dude, it's fucking, that podcast is so great. And they did a whole episode on Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian, and I'm like, dude, no fucking wonder this movie didn't get made. It would have been, been the nail in Beetlejuice's coffin forever. So I'm glad we did not get Beetlejuice 2 back then, and I'm glad that they took their time and it was on their terms for when they wanted to come back and do it. And I'm glad that they came up with a story that everyone felt so passionately about that it got everyone to sign back on, man, because that's also, like, a tricky thing.
0: Yeah, well, everyone... Yeah, everyone but, you know, Alec and Gina. But honestly, we already talked about that. They don't need to be in no. the movie. I don't find it necessary. No, no, not
1: not at all. So I'm I'm really looking forward to you know, Michael Keaton has a very specific acting style. And I feel like Michael Keaton is is so fantastic in so many things, but I also feel like when I watch a movie with Michael Keaton, I'm watching Michael Keaton. But one of the only times that I've ever watched a movie and he has been completely unrecognizable is Beetlejuice. He is Beetlejuice. Like, that is a character that I don't foresee. I think any if they ever recast Beetlejuice, it would be a cheap imitation. Because Michael Keaton, much like how he, Michael Keaton is Batman, Michael Keaton is Beetlejuice. Completely unrecognizable in his performance in that movie is still... One of my favorite performances in any fucking movie. He's amazing as Beetlejuice, so I cannot wait to see him back in the role, man. So that was my number two. Noice. Noice.
0: And my number two is the return of the Mega Slasher. October 25th. Damien Leone's Terrifier 3. This is the third entry in Damien's popular film series starring David Howard Thornton as Art the Clown. Apparently, he's set to unleash chaos on unsuspecting residents of Miles County as they peacefully drift off to sleep on Christmas. Give me more Christmas horror. I don't care. I feel like the past couple of years, we've gotten more and more of it, and, and I'm all about it. Give me more Halloween horror Give me more fucking Eastern horror. I don't even care. Like, Give me Valentine's Day horror. It's awesome to have holiday horror movies. And I think setting Terrifier 3 at Christmas is absolutely the perfect choice. We already saw the, 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 the teaser. We already saw the teaser photos. Looks fucking fantastic so far. And I have no doubt that Leon's going to really bring it this time. I mean, we already talked about it, I think, a couple episodes ago. That he was offered massive fucking money to do this with a larger studio and we know what that would have done i mean it would have got neutered it wouldn't be a real terrifier movie so he's sticking with the independent route and making it his way and bravo to fucking him for doing that because we all know that most any other filmmaker would be like you know what i want the money and i want that to lead into bigger projects but he's sticking to his guns He's got gusto, man. He's got fucking balls, and he's making his movie his way. So I just cannot wait. I mean, Terrifier 2 is one of the best slashers ever made, and I've said that. I know people are like, that's hyperbole. I'm like, not really, dude. Literally watch the fucking movie. It's it's insane. And I just want more insanity. I want more gruesome, gory goodness. I'm all about it. So for me, come October, we'll be there for Terrifier 3. Fuck
2: yeah. We are down to the number one slot, Brady. Ooh, this is uh, this is exciting. Um, uh, spoiler alert: it's not Terrifier three. Um, my number one is probably gonna get some flack. Uh, I anticipate it, but it is Lee Whannell's next movie. It's Wolfman. And number one, number one is Wolfman. I know number it's going one? It's going through development hell right now. Uh, But look, Lon Chaney's Wolfman from 1941 is one of my favorite, if not my favorite Universal Monster film. I think it's probably a near perfect film. Uh, And when it comes to vampires, werewolves, I typically side with werewolf movies. Um, That being said, I'm also painfully aware of how many bad werewolf movies there are out there. Uh, so I'm beyond stoked that Lee Whannell is back with this film because he was gone from it for a while and is now attached to it again. Uh, and while it does suck major ass that Ryan Gosling is no longer playing the lead,
1: Boom. I'm, I'm actually
2: really fucking excited to see what Christopher Abbott can do. I think he's done some really good roles in The Sinner, Sanctuary from last year, Poor Things from last year, Possessor, Catch-22 that was on Hulu. He's due for a breakout role. I think he's like right there at the surface where he, this is going to be the thing that can really propel him and like show that he has the stuff Um, you know
0: i mean not to cut you off or anything but you and i had you and i had this discussion because you knew how pissed i was when i saw
2: gosling yeah
0: yeah, yeah. uh it it would make sense post barbie i don't think he left because it was to do with money or anything but we know Blumhouse is known for smaller budget fare they're not going to pay someone like ryan gosling what his normal fee would be to do a wolfman movie right Super excited that Winnell's back, though, so that's number that's like the biggest thing to me, and you and I saw Poor Things after that. We saw it during the Christmas break, and I thought Abbott was solid in that movie. Mm -hmm. I thought his character was somewhat unnecessary, but I thought he was really good in the role, and I could definitely see him in a transformation-type role, so, you know... You were right, I was wrong. I'm admitting that on the end the Oh right my now. I think, god. What? I think I think, I think he'll be a good enough. I think he'll be a good enough substitute and it would make sense if you're going to go from Gosling to another actor that you don't try to fill the shoes with another bigger name. I think it makes sense to grab someone that's up and coming that shows a lot of promise in their performances that can really, you know, portray Larry Talbot with some pathos and some depth. And I think just seeing his eyes in poor things because he plays a pretty threatening kind of guy, mm-hmm. um, that 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 connected with me, and I said, "Okay, this guy can definitely play Larry Talbot," and his name better be fucking Larry Talbot
2: too, right. and his
0: dad better fucking live in a mansion in <laughs> the country and shit.
2: <laughs> the uh, I mean, I don't know because the synopsis is is still vague, but it says it's about a man whose family is being terrorized by a lethal predator, so. I mean, we all saw 2020's The Invisible Man. Um, I'm pretty sure we all fucking loved it. Uh, But that's such an incredible reimagining of source material, and it makes me very hopeful and excited to see what what Nell is going to do with this one. Um, But yeah, definitely, I'm going to stand Christopher Abbott for this and, and say that he is not a downgrade at all, but possibly a better choice for this specific movie in this role than Ryan Gosling would be. Ryan Gosling is also still attached to the film, I think as an executive producer. So he's still there, but yeah. So that's my number one Wolfman. And I think that's Good pick, October man. 25th release date as well from what I was seeing.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll be, that's I'll be correct. there for October
0: 25th. Yeah. For
1: that invisible man was blew me away when, when that came out. Like, yeah. Quite literally made my jaw drop and go (gasps) so many times during that movie that I'm like, man, like he just really went for it. And I I dug that movie so much. So, yeah, it's definitely a great pick. I'm looking forward uh, to that one quite a bit. My number one, however, is. Alien Romulus. Guys, I.
0: Number one. I keep talking about
1: movies that I grew up on. I grew up on the Alien movies. I'm staring at a glass display case that's filled with the 1990s Kenner Alien, Aliens action figures. Um, I've got some of the newer Aliens action figures in it as well. Uh, I love the Alien movies, man. Yeah, they made two really fucking great Alien movies, and I've always hoped that another film would come out and re- uh, reclaim the glory of what made Alien and Aliens so fantastic. Um, I have found very well put. I have found some of the other sequels after Aliens to be highly entertaining just like just like the later Terminator films I I I think that they're very entertaining but to me Terminator is always Terminator and T2. Aliens is always Alien and Aliens. You know, everything else is just a fun bonus thing that I don't really personally consider to be canon. That's just how I treat them. So, I've always been hopeful that, you know what, I want another really, really good one, and Fetty Alvarez, man, he he did an impossible feat in 2013 by making an Evil Dead movie that was not a carbon copy of its original, that he branched out and he did his own thing while respecting what made Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and Army of Darkness great, and it was Unbelievable. I saw it in theaters multiple times, and when it got announced that they were doing a quote-unquote remake of Evil Dead, I was like, man, I I don't want this. And that's not really what we got. It really wasn't a remake. Um, it was just a really fantastic companion piece to the movies that came before it, and I really hope that that's what happens with this new Alien movie. Um, the fact that it takes place between Alien and Aliens, he's fucking smart. You know, this is yep. this is not a remake. It's not a reboot. It's not a weird you know thing. It's it takes place right smack dab in the middle, of, and the plot is young people from a distant world must face the most terrifying life form in the universe. It's a young cast, and like dude. So when I was at Monster Palooza um in June in L.A. I was walking around and like, dude, I have never met Alec Gillis before. You know, he's worked on so many things, from Monster Squad to Pumpkinhead to the Alien vs. Predators. You know, he, you know, him and uh, Tom Woodruff Jr. They worked on, you know, Aliens, different things like that. I've never met him. I've always wanted to meet him. And the great thing about Monster Palooza is like, dude, it's in L.A., so you never know who's gonna show up and just fucking walk around, dude. I'm walking around the vendor room, and I look up, and I see Alec Gillis just walking around. And I was like, oh, holy shit. So I was like, uh, excuse me, Mr. Gillis. And he turned around, and I was like, I am trying so hard not to geek out on you right now, but I'm like a massive fan. And he was like, oh, brother, I, I need an ego boost, man. Give it to me. Give me all Give me all of it. Tell me how much you love me. <laughs> you made his day. He goes, tell me how much Damn, you love dude. me. I need that ego boost, man. Make me feel good. He was super, super fucking funny, man. And, you know, I said, so you're working on the new Alien movie. He goes, let me tell you something. It's everything you want. He goes, trust me, believe me. He said, the sets that they made look, you know, or that they made. He said, everything looks so good. Like, it is straight up out of Alien and Aliens. He said, all of the practical effects are there. He said, it honestly felt like I was back on the set of Aliens. He said this movie is going to be everything that you want. And I fucking believe him, dude. That's why it's my number one. You know, it was always gonna be in my top five, but Alec Gillis, I believe you, sir, and I'm I'm so excited for this movie, and I cannot wait to see what Fetty Alvarez does with it. So Alien Romulus is my number one. Let's go.
0: I mean, dude, that right there is at the absolute best thing you could hear from anyone regarding a movie is someone that worked on the previous movies that worked on the new one. That's like in your ear, like it's everything
1: you yes. want. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: Seriously, it it doesn't get any better than that, man. It's but, like John Carpenter talking about uh, Halloween kills. Yeah. Oh, uh, God. Listen, listen, <laughs> listen, there's a huge difference here. OK, <laughs> listen, we all know what John likes to do. Hold his hand out.
2: And a check appears. Some weed, play some Call of Duty.
0: <laughs> and a check appears in his We love ball. you, John. Yep. Um, but um, my number one, it's already been mentioned by both of you, had to put it at my number one because of how much I love Pearl and X. They're both two of my favorite movies of the last couple of years. But Maxine, uh, you guys already said everything there is to be said. Um, I always predicted, you know, prior to the comparisons to Argento and Giallo's, um, that it would be kind of like a... Uh, you know, a sleazy De Palma and that falls in line with that because, you know, De Palma's uh entries in the early 80s are very giallo inspired. You know, people say they're thriller slashers. Well, that's what a giallo is. Mm-hmm. He just made them americanized. So super fucking excited for it. Again, Mia Goth horror icon back again to play the characters of uh, to play Pearl again, and uh, just, yeah, who, who can't be excited for this movie? I mean, everyone's talking about the last two, so it's got to be my number one on the list here. But we're wrapping it up here. Our top five most anticipated. I got a vasectomy. I ain't wrapping up shit. Listen, <laughs> listen to you. I well, I, no comment. I was gonna say something, but. Never mind. Not, <laughs> not going to start off the year in that way on the show. Maybe later in the year. Who knows? Maybe I'll get a little bit frisky. But um, I know, Brady, you had some honorable mentions. I know I have some honorable mentions. Jeremy, do you have any Never, honorable mentions? Never. Absolutely
1: not. Life? Anytime you guys are like, what's your honorable <laughs> mentions? I'm like, I focus on the assignment at hand and I don't go beyond it. Okay. So, no, I don't. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm looking forward uh, to. You lazy I'm, bastard. No, I'm looking forward to Terrifier 3. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's movies like that that I'm like, yes, they they crossed my mind uh, for my top five, but I, I picked my top five. That's what we did. Y'all
2: deal with that. All right. Brady. Uh, Yeah. Uh, so on there is A Quiet Place Day One, uh, which is going to be the new offshoot for The Quiet Place. Um, also Trap, which is the Shyamalan movie that really doesn't have a lot of details about it yet, but it's got Josh Hartnett, and I love Josh Hartnett, and I've been really yes. excited that he has had a resurgence. Um, if anybody has watched the latest season of Black Mirror, Ooh. he has an episode uh, on there. That episode is fucking crazy and fantastic. Honestly, that uh, that, that episode
1: has, is like one of the best things that I watched last year, if not him the best Paul, thing.
2: Yeah, he has not lost a step, so I'm, I'm excited to see him. Glad he got a role in Oppenheimer, but definitely he was brilliant to see in that him. too. And I think yeah. the premise of this one it's <clears throat> it's taking place at a concert where. Chaos ensues, everybody becomes trapped there, and it's a, a father and his da- his young daughter. Um, Long Legs, which is a Nick Cage movie where he plays a serial killer, and Micah Monroe plays the FBI agent investigating him. Oh, I forgot about that one. Uh, yeah, I think that one comes out in, I want to say October or November of this coming year as well. Um, still tentative. Um, Speak No Evil remake with uh, James McAvoy. And have either of you seen the original Speak No Evil? I think yes. a Danish film Yeah, yeah so. I,
0: I heard. I heard this was an American remake that was yeah. coming
2: out, and I'm excited. Um,
1: Is that the movie that, that just came there? out, The Speak No Evil that just came out, like not that long ago, or when did that movie come Maybe out? Maybe
2: a couple years ago. Yeah. yeah. 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude, yeah, that's yeah. fucking. Yeah, crazy. everyone
0: talked about yeah. it. It was like, yeah, everyone talked about it. it was like a Danish uh, film, a I huge think. subject uh, in the horror community. Which it's, I mean, I guess it's cool that you're excited about it. It's kind of a shame. They're already remaking it, but that's what Hollywood. Does.
1: I I stayed yeah. away from that one because uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, there's like some kids in it that are getting abused or some shit like that. If I'm not mistaken, and someone was like, "Yeah, you might want to skip this one. It's tough for parents to watch yeah. this." I don't know.
2: It's definitely a tough film to watch. Uh, very shocking. Um, but I I it'll be interesting to see what they do with this. And then the last one is um. The Watchers, which is by, ah, uh, fuck, uh, is it Ash- Ashina, Ashana, uh, Shyamalan, and- It's
0: okay if you say it incorrectly, because we mispronounce names all the fucking time on the show. Uh,
2: but it follows Mina, a 28-year-old <laughs> artist, as she gets stranded in an extensive immaculate forest in Western Ireland, and after finding shelter, she becomes trapped alongside three strangers stalked by mysterious creatures each night. Ooh, um, like yeah, that. So those are ones I'm looking forward to. Awesome. Uh,
0: My number six would have been Ghostbusters Frozen Empire, which comes out in March 29th. Trailer looks like a lot of fun. Looks like a blast. Can't wait to see some new ghosts and the return of Slimer. Uh, Number seven, uh, April 5th, The First Omen, which, holy shit, that trailer was fucking amazing, guys. Like, legit, looked like just as classy and and amazing as the original Omen. And yes, Brady, it is a fucking prequel. So, yes.
2: We'll see (laughs) I thought it looks kind it of... It is!
0: Cool. It's specifically a prequel. Um, my number eight would have been The Untitled Universal Monster Thriller from Radio Silence starring Melissa Barrera, um, which apparently uh, a group of criminals bite off more and they can chew when they kidnap a young girl. Uh, don't know anything else more about it than that, but hey, it's a Universal Monster Thriller and it stars Melissa Barrera. I'm fucking there. That's April 19th. Uh, number nine would have been A Quiet Place Day One. And, of course, you know, uh, Krasinski's not back in the director's chair with this one, um, but uh, Michael Cernoski, who did uh, Pig, which was one of my favorite movies of 2021 starring Nicolas Cage, absolute brilliant film, so I'm, I'm pumped to see his take on The Quiet Place World. And number 10, just for you B-ratty, I had to put it on there just to prove you right and that I was fucking wrong about Christopher Abbott, Lee Whannell's (laughs) The Wolfman. And also, right alongside with you, you know, I mean, I just screened it at Alamo this last season. The original Wolfman is absolutely my favorite Universal Monster movie and one of my favorite movies of all time. I love The Fucking Wolfman. Love me some werewolf shit, too. Uh, So those are the lists, ladies and gentlemen, for our top most anticipated horror movies of 2024 if you see this post on social media let us know what you're anticipating the most and if our lists line up with yours uh thanks for listening to this episode our first episode of the year we're super excited to bring you guys amazing content for 2024 this year marks 10 years of epic film guys in existence coming this may so we're going to have a lot of special shit for you a total patreon revamp coming extremely soon new merchandise, all kinds of cool shit. So we're all super excited. So thanks again for listening. We love you. If it's your first time listening to the show, please be awesome, more awesome than we already know you are. Head on over to iTunes or Spotify and leave us a review. It only takes a minute. And also, we're on social media, literally everywhere, at Epic Film Guys. So you can check us out. But as always, I'm Justin. I'm Jeremy.
2: I'm Be Ready.
0: And as always, we like to ask you to keep it (laughs) creepy.